Hello. This is episode 6 of the podcast called Blood and Rain. I'm your host, Arthur Dane. If the past is so vital and determines everything, then it doesn't matter what we do today. It won't have an impact on us because everything is already set in stone, right? Obviously not. Each one of us has a choice every single day. We can make small changes that as a result will make us better or will change something we want. Small changes. The belief that we need to change everything and completely change our life is only limiting us to start, as it's easy to get fearful and stay in the same spot. When we're used to living our life one way, it seems that there are no alternatives and that things just won't work out for us. But there is a light, and there always will be. It's just about starting slowly. I'm not telling you this because I've read it somewhere. I'm telling you this because I've been there. You need to start taking responsibility for your life and the outcome. You have to get out of that mindset. And I'll say it again and won't stop saying it. It's done by small changes in the right direction. For me, the first small change from a depressed state of being was lifting some weights. No big plan. No idea where it's going to take me. But it was a beginning, a step a lot of us don't take. Opportunities open up, everything comes to you naturally when you're moving from that spot. When you wake up, decide that you're going to do one thing better, don't overthink it, and move forward. The answers and tools are everywhere ready for you. Use them. Much love. That was one of my many favorite pieces by today's guest a content creator I'm sure many of you are very familiar with and a content creator that I'm I'm sure is a fan favorite in this community his name is Nature Chad welcome my friend how are you hello I'm very good man how are you (laughs) I'm doing very well thank you thank you for being on the show yeah I'm very pleased I'm very pleased um, so I'm sure, as is the question with, you know, a lot of the creators in our sphere, um, and, you know, not just the ones that, you know, are very well established, like Forrest Munden, but, you know, the ones that um, that are starting out, and like you said, making that first choice, as you said in your piece. Uh, that piece is titled, by the way, everyone, The Beginning. It was written on January 23rd by our esteemed guest. Um, but I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering, uh, so what's your, what was your background growing up? How have you become the man you are today? Well, I was always the youngest in my family. I'm the youngest in, in school. I was the youngest. And as a result, as a result, I was always listening. I was not speaking so much. I was always listening and taking in everything uh, that allowed me to gain, I'd say, wisdom from the older, older people. But also the circumstances I was in, for example, while in high school and stuff like that, uh, I suffered basically from depression. I had, uh, not many people know this, I never talked about this, but I had uh, horrible acne, like severe whole body. And, and I was also like very weak. I had a knee surgery and stuff like that. And yeah, I didn't know what what to do. I didn't know what li- what will life look like. but. Like I said in the post, I just started lifting some weights. My brother told me, yeah, here's this program, 
you can try something out. And yeah, it got me to where, where I'm now. It's basically like, how do I say this? Uh, my brother said to me, you can always work on something. It doesn't matter if, if you're weak there, if you don't have that. There's always something that you can work on. And that's what got me to where I'm now. Wow. So basically your your posts about like these smaller choices like accumulating that really is you know what you wholeheartedly believe to be the sort of method and way that you came to be where you're at which i would imagine is a place you're much more enjoying than where you were in high school of course of course like uh, it is the process, process and i'm always trying to improve but to say that i'm better that's definitely true and the thing is, I don't like talking about it, not because I'm ashamed of it, but because I'm not trying to make it a part of my identity. If we are looking at ourselves as a victim of something, as a victim of past experience, we'll never be able to grow past it. And I actually use it as a strength. I'll say I'm blessed that I had the circumstances I had, because it allowed me to be the person who I am now. If everyone can start, obviously everyone can start, even if you're perfect, but you can use the bad experiences as a fuel. And that's a fuel like, yeah, that I mentioned in every post. Yes, I had that and I had that and that's why. No, just as a fuel, because you know how bad it can be. So that's how I view it. Like taking bad things and using it as a blessing, I'd say. Wow. See, that's interesting because I mean, so one of the, the one of the concepts that I'm always sort of peddling on Blood and Rain is the is anti fragility. Basically, um, to put the concept very briefly, um, it was uh, written in an essay, uh, well, a series of essays in 2012 by a Lebanese author named Nassim Taleb, basically saying the opposite of fragile is anti fragile, not robust, not tough, but anti fragile, meaning it's going to take what would what many would consider to be negative and randomly negative experiences. And growing from them, you know, see, seeing them as opportunities. So, your response and your message is either directly or indirectly very anti-fragile. And I'm sure it's one that is going to empower people, especially, um, especially with how it's in these small decisions, these very tangible decisions right in front of them, not like this sort of grand, um, you know, reworking altogether. Yeah, I always try to emphasize that because. When we start to imagine our life, like our perfect life, our future, we get scared because it looks like it's a big step, like this big thing that is impossible. But it's literally just showing up every single day, looking at life one day at a time, doing what you can. And that's how the changes are created. Literally, it isn't complicated, it isn't something difficult. But <laughs> like I said, the, st the starting point is difficult. It, it's difficult to decide, to have courage to move forward. Yeah, it is, it is that catalyst, and I think it's also, like you said, that catalyst of showing up every single day, that starting point, because it's not just that initial starting point at the beginning, it's that starting point that starts when you wake up, saying showing up every single day, yeah, like, you're not mentally checking out. Yeah, yeah uh, and uh, like I say, you don't have to work 30 years to retire, you don't have to lift for 10 years to get that physique, you have to do it today, and that's it, you just have to do it today, and then... When tomorrow comes, it will be today again, you know? It's, it's really simple. Because if you imagine 20 years, oof, 20 years every day, I'm going to, like, grind. No. Yes, I'm alive today, I'll do what I can today, and go to sleep. 
<laughs> I yeah, love like, it. Uh, I, okay. Some people would say this is oversimplifying. And I say, yes, it's literally simple. Like, why, why would we need to make our life more difficult than, than it is? Why? If you look at it, I, I personally think, if you, look, if you look at it one day at a time, and even tasks, tasks, like one task at a time. Now I'm speaking with you. That's all I'm doing. I don't care what I have to do next. This is what I'm doing now. And I'm happy. And you know what? You sound very happy. And that, that was the other thing I sort of take away, I took away from what you said as well. It's like when you had sort of circumstances that you looked at, the people who don't take the victim mentality and take sort of a growth mentality will either, they'll either do it negatively, in the, in, there'll still be growth, but negatively, like they'll have this chip on their shoulder and be like, I used to be like this, and now through all my hard work, I'm like this, I'm never like this again. And, you, 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 <laughs> and there's, there's obviously growth in that. There's many people in, you know, in military history, in, in the history of writing, in um, athletics history, that all have a background like that. But what I find very refreshing, and, you know, I would imagine is less common, is you looking at these, these negative experiences you had in the past as purely a blessing, and you're growing from them, but there's, there's, there's nothing negative about it. Everything sounds extremely positive. Of course, because life, life uh, happens... How do I say? I mean, you can say everything happens for a reason. That's the classic saying. But at the end of the day, the event was objective. It really was objective. We give it significance. And uh, we, can may, we can use it to tailor our story. We can use it, uh, yes, I had those problems, and that's why I'm depressed. So we, we make these equations with ourselves. We make these limiting beliefs. But we can say, ah, I had this, this stuff, I'm bringing, I had that problem. So that's why I have, I have a reason to go stronger, you know? It's literally just taking stuff from your life and making it your story, you know, like making it something that drives you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in terms, so in terms of getting to know you a bit better as well, I mean, obviously you have a particular accent. It's an accent that I am very familiar <laughs> with, um, having lived in New York City, a very, very diverse place. Um, so where did you where did you grow up? Um, as, aside from the tragedies, uh, what were some of the aspects you liked of growing up? Of where you grew up, of being the youngest of your family, things that you're brought up with, like a bit more background about you. I'm sure a lot of people are itching to know. Yeah, so I grew up in Croatia. I'm still in Croatia. Um, what can I say? Well, here people are very, I guess. It's a small community. I'm from a smaller town. People here are really, they know everyone. We know everyone, like, uh, not really friends, but we know who someone is. And that community is kind of limiting in a sense that uh, it, uh, there's a lot of gossiping, there's a lot of negativity here, mm. and everyone is bitter. Everyone's trying to make some money. Of course, they're trying to make money, but everyone here is looking at what everyone else is doing and in that way i like i said i look at it as a blessing because now i can see yeah that's not the way forward that's not the way forward and that helped me to actually learn now what is the right way what is uh, what what should i do or what should i do so yeah basically it's not really interesting there's of course sun here sea lot of, lot of seafood and it's it is a good life it is a good life here 
there's there's benefits to close community and there's there are drawbacks but honestly like uh, i don't have anything to complain about it's as simple as that like i could say yeah the, the jobs are hard to find or something like that, but i'm happy where i am and yeah fantastic so i mean obviously if you look at for those of you who have not seen croatia on a map i would go take a look at map of europe right now but for those of you who know, um, much of Croatia is, you know, touching the coast. So, I take it you're pretty close to the coast where you're at in your community. Yep, yep, like one kilometer. Wow. Okay. So you're right there. That's that sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so you have regular access to seafood. So would you say um, growing up on the coast is what sort of stoked this love for nature and obviously put the word nature in your in your you know your handle basically your nom de plume yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually interesting yeah i i didn't enjoy nature that much growing up especially when you because i didn't want to take off my shirt i didn't go to a beach for like five years and and i was living right next to the sea it's ridiculous but yeah i was always staying inside always like listening to sad music playing video games stuff like that and and yeah, nature is something that I discovered, like reconnected, just past year, last year. I literally discovered how beautiful it is, how how you can enjoy in life. Literally, just swimming in the sea, being there, and no thoughts, just relaxing, and, or going into the woods, you know, uh, breathing in the air, feel like feeling this energy. That's something that's comp- that was completely new to me. That I f- discovered that I was missing out on, like a crucial part of my life just going outside literally going outside so yeah i i was really was really into nature or into it, even sea because of my like uh, i guess m- my mindset my, my mental state my fear of uh, showing my body or something like that you know i mean i, w- I wasn't fat but i was also skinny and fat skinny fat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is this is a recent love affair with nature, and you know it sounds like in addition yeah. to lifting weights, you know that's what sort of had you sort of flourish. Um, yeah, that that was the first step. Obviously, uh, it from there I saw many different opportunities, many different things because lifting in general, it I believe it's the best habits to start because it has so many compounding uh, abilities and so many habits that go with it. Eating well sleeping, uh, mental, uh, feeling more confident. All these things can just come by by lifting some weight. Oh, and of course, maybe you start reading about some articles, articles on bodybuilding, and then you all of a sudden start reading books because you're interested in reading. You know, it, it all comes like by those small steps that I always speak about. And yeah. Yeah, so it's, you see it as this sort of great catalyst. You know, it's funny because... In a lot of, you know, coming from both Californian culture and American culture personally, those are can sometimes be two very separate things. Um, you know, sometimes we look at, we look at things like, it's so like literally only what it is. So you're looking at lifting weights as a catalyst, like, okay, you're lifting weights. With Americans, we just say lifting, lifting weights. And it's like, well, this could lead to this, and this could lead to this, and this could, this could lead to this. And we're so oriented on the bottom line, especially when it comes to being such a, um, a consumer-based economy, that we're like, well, until you read the book, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's this sort of, 
limiting thinking that you have at times, despite being such an illustrious country. So it's, 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 I always, I always enjoy speaking to people from different countries for that reason, because you could look at something so simple with a completely different perspective. And I find that one of the gifts of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd say there are three pillars that everyone can have. And that's just like these basic things, these really basic things that we overlook. You're always looking for new methods, new ways to get better, to stay healthy, whatever. But if you are eating well, sleeping well and training, you are better than 99% of the people, like regular people. And most of your problems, obviously not most of your problems, to, to feel better in life, you know, to be, feel like you're doing something, to, or and just to have more energy, just to have more vitality. That's it. Like those three things, you don't need to complicate it. Obviously, that's the self-improvement part. We could speak about purpose. We could speak about a sense of belonging. But for just feeling good in your free time in your regular life, lifting, eating well, and sleeping. You know what? And these are things that we hear abundantly across our community um yep so in terms of getting into the community so obviously within within the past year you've gone um or how, how long have you been lifting like how long has it been so um far? so I've, i didn't lift like for entirety of this but basically from i'd say 2015 16 somewhere like that but i had times off with injuries stuff like that but yeah from mm-hmm. 2015 16 Got it. Okay, so you you've been at you've been at lifting about five years now, and you've had yep. within the recent within the last year, you've had a recent love affair with nature. So, in terms of getting into this community, so that's let's say you know this past year being sort of a defining year for starting Nature Chad. Like you, I remember. So, for those of you who don't know, Nature Chad not only has a wonderful Instagram page, but has recently started a podcast. Uh, podcast, the first episode of which I've enjoyed very much, and he explained the the name behind uh, the the, re- the reasoning behind his name, Nature Chad. And the first part being nature, obviously, and Chad, referring to the meme of uh, the blonde man with the large jaw, the Wojak meme, where he just says yes, yes, yes. Um, but would you say, um, in terms of beginning Nature Chad itself, beginning this? Um, mm-hmm. beginning this sort of journey down your this content creation road and sort of entering this sphere, what was what was your reasoning for starting? Well, I was actually in this kind of content creation for maybe even, even two, years. two years. I started a blog in 2019 just for fun, basically. And it didn't go well, of course, because I didn't care too much. And then in 2020, I started a YouTube account uh, in creation. I, I had a few videos there. Basically, I was always into this community because I always felt I needed to share what I learned for so others can experience it as well. If I helped myself, if I found something that works, obviously I want to share it with other people because, I don't know, for me, there's nothing more beautiful to see other people win, to succeed, to do something that they want be like that joy in their face that i don't know there's something about it that just makes me the happiest in the world and so for the nature shed um i started it back in august of 2020 i was working at the time as a waiter just randomly working and 
I saw this com community. I saw saw letters from the ruins. I saw Sobra, people like that. And I was like, you know, I I know few stuff, but I know some things. And yeah, writing is much easier to me, at least, than speaking, especially because I'm I'm not a native speaker. So I was like, yeah, let's give this a go. Like I didn't have big plans. I just I was just like, let's upload a few things. I uploaded what a photo of bread, uh, <laughs> my gym, <laughs> no caverns, no anything. Like just randomly, but I, I started liking it. I started liking the process, and of course, like I said, my whole my whole like last few years, it was about seeing other people win. It was with my friends. It was my with my family. You know, those kind of things. And then I realized, wait, why shouldn't I expand this? Why shouldn't I? try to impact the world and that's actually my goal now i'm really trying to make an impact to this world to be the change so to, to basically like be a beacon that other people will see okay i can overcome my demons i can uh, fight the good fight because if i'm how do i say it i don't want to just yeah i'm going bettering myself i'm improver i'm just improving improving why what's the point i'm, I'm just gonna have a huge ego and i'm not going to do any service to others so that's basically the idea behind nature Shed. that's how why i started it and that's why i'll keep doing it wow so wow there's a lot to unpack there um so you basically saw, you know, the creators who are pretty, pretty, you know, pretty well established and have been at it for a while. Obviously, Sobra, you know, has a number of endeavors that are tied to his page. And Letters from the Ruins is just, you know, obviously insightful quality posts after insightful quality posts, as we know. And they have, you know, tens of thousands of followers. And, you know, with this same sort of simplicity, you sort of took a look. You're like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. I'm just going to go do it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it'll be like that. Yeah. It's just like, most people will be like, oh, well, yeah, they'll look at things like, oh, these people have so many followers, and I don't know, what if they don't like what I say? You're like, yeah, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the, my, my problem in life. Like, I always try to research everything, how the best methods to, to work, the best method to do this. But I realized you just have to go. You just have to go and learn along the way. Because you can prepare for so much, but you will never know how it is once you go there. Like, like uh, you are training MMA, I know. For example, you can train all day, but first fight in the cage is completely different, right? First yeah. time you experience that is something completely different, I imagine. So, yeah. I, I would. I mean, so I've never, I've never done MMA, but being in the ring in Muay Thai, it's like, yeah, first time getting yeah, cracked, yeah, yeah. first time getting kicked in the liver. You're like, oh, this is, this is a little different, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is different than it was described in the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one said anything about this in Google. You know, this is terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the other, the other thing that I really took away from that as well, um, is you know, the improver meme. You know, it's like, like you said, we're all improving ourselves, and that's obviously a cornerstone of this community. But yeah. I don't think I've heard anyone truly vocalize wholeheartedly. Like, they've talked about wanting to help as many, as many people as possible, right? We, we've, see, we've seen that from a number of content creators. 
However, what I find interesting is no one, with the exception of you, at least so far, to my knowledge, has vocalized, sort of, basically seeing all this improvement is essentially useless when it's just limited to you, when you're not sharing it, when you're not helping others improve, yep. when you're not helping foster your fellow man. Like, it's truly useless. And, you know, I'll have to meditate on that because, you know, I, I, I write a lot about monks sometimes in my... <laughs> In, in, in my page or in my personal writing, that is. And I write a lot about solitude. But for the most part, yeah. from the get-go, I'd have to agree. And, you know, this this very simplified, like, iterative sort of mindset and process that you have, I think could, could definitely be a source of, of how you came to that realization. I think that's a very important realization. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think there are levels to it, because I don't talk about this so much, because if I say improvement... Too, for too long is useless, then no one will even start it, you know. It's hard to ha- have a balance in writing these, th- these things and talking about these things because someone can take you the wrong way. But here's how I look at it. So, improvement for getting out of uh, trouble in your life or getting out of that depressed state. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. But what then? What is it that you'll do after you reach some point in your life? And that's why there's a whole other aspect, and I'd say that's purpose, or that's your career path. Not maybe career with, I don't know, doctors, but that's something that you in, that you do and that brings you a sense of uh, feeling like content. And I think if you pursue your purpose, you will automatically gain the same insights and the same abilities as if you were improving. But that's the whole different story and that's really difficult to do to for example for a young guy to immediately know yes i'm going to do this and that's it so that's why i believe improvement is a great start to build those healthy habits that will actually help you even more once you know what you need to do in this life but if one takes the journey immediately they will come out with the same amount of knowledge with the same skills as someone who's improving for for whatever period of time yeah, I think. Look at the greats. Yeah, look at uh, the boxers. Look at the uh, Kobe Bryant, for example. <laughs> I, I didn't hear about uh, ten minutes meditation, five minute journal, Wim uh, Hof, all this. Stuff. That's great, by the way. That's great, but I didn't hear <laughs> about this stuff from him. I heard showing up, discipline, uh, overcoming difficulties. That's what we preach as well in this community. But once you take that journey, that's when you l- really actually learn it. Of course, with improvement, you will learn it. You will come to a certain stage. But once you, but once you learn some things, once you get good at reading, meditating, training, you will start to stay at the same spot. But like I said, this is not to discourage anyone in improvement. Because why would you stay in the same spot if you are hurting? Like, why? Why would you? Why would you? It's the comfort zone, yeah, it's the comfort zone, I know, but if something is hurting you day by day, you can't change something about it. And I will say it once again with small changes. But yeah. You know, I think that also echoes, you know, a lot of your posts, like there's a lot of insight, right? You write very, very good prose, but almost all of them, there's some form of like wake up call in each of them. In each, in each and every one yeah, of your posts. Yeah, I'm trying to do it. <laughs> okay, I'm glad, I'm glad that's on purpose. But every, every post is like, hey, hey, you, wake up. Yeah, you're missing this. 
you're missing that. You need to be doing this. Why are you still asleep? Hey, hey, hey. It's, <laughs> um, it's like without fail. And I think maybe some people who, maybe even including myself, to be honest, um, who, who would write these sort of long-form posts, like very much into the 10,000 feet ideas, you know. Like, I'm trying to get across this idea. I'm trying to get across this essence. I'm trying to captivate and capture this certain idea or culture or method or whatnot. And so it's, it's exchanging information, but it's not all like those can be indirect calls to action, but they won't always be direct call to actions like some of my other posts, like saying, do this, do this, do this and this to get this, you know, um, each and every one of yours is a hybrid between the two. Each and every one of yours is insight and call to action. And I think that's why, I think that's one of many reasons why so many people are responding so well to your page. Yeah, thank you. That, that's, that's what I try to do, basically. That's exactly what I try to do, because I I was actually tired of seeing so many like posts that give knowledge, but don't give you, okay, but what now? You know, what now? <laughs> okay, great, I'm depressed, I'm the worst piece of human being ever to exist, but what should I do now? Like... Uh, it, it can honestly just make you feel bad sometimes to read all these things. Yeah, look at me, I'm handsome, I'm lifting, I'm doing all this stuff. And then you just feel like, okay, you start feeling bad about your life. I'm trying to give like, there's this post I wrote, I'm trying to give tools. Tools that you can use, not answers, for example, not, not something, do this, do that. Of course I say those things, but I try to give them just as something that works for me. Because obviously not everything is going to work for everyone, but yeah, yeah, I, I really try to implement both, I guess, theory and practical advice. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think more and more hybrid posts need to be made like that by most of our creators. And I think what's, what's interesting too, and it sort of ties into what I said previously that I think is an important realization that you've had about improving and being isolated in your improvements alone is essentially worthless. Because, you know, one thing, you know, with sort of high thumos posting and, you know, fostering masculinity, you know, when you're posting, like you said, these physique posts and all of this, and these, all of these things are fantastic, right? But to the people, yep. and, you know, it's, it's, it's a dichotomy. It's a navigation between two ideas that people would seem completely opposite, not just in the ideas themselves, but in the essence of the communities that we came from, because obviously our community is very, you know, very masculine and fostering masculinity for the most part. So the idea of like, oh, I don't want to make someone feel bad. You know, we almost look at it as like this sort of countercultural idea that, you know, a lot of countercultural and a lot of degeneracy that we're sort of fighting against both directly and indirectly we could look at that notion of not wanting to make someone feel bad as a major source for a lot of the culture that's, that we see as wrong and needs to be corrected in, in the world. But it's, you have such a nuanced approach in the sense that, you know, I don't want these people who are seeing this sort of mosaic of insight and this mosaic of strength and all these sort of completed further down the line efforts to see that and say, I, and, see, and, and, and not want them to think that they can't start and think that it's impossible and you don't want them to feel bad. I find that very interesting. 
because a lot of how many how many how many call out posts do you see where you say you're not doing this you're not doing this of course you feel bad you know of course you're going to feel bad and you should feel yeah, bad yeah. but you can like it's 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 another route and it goes back to a principle that I always try to share with both listeners and other creators and training partners of mine and even coaches of mine I'm saying hey there's more than one way up the mountain like this might be your method and that's that's fine that's how you got there that's great I don't think that's my method this is my way up the mountain and you know your, your page is very uniquely yeah, exactly your own that, exactly. um so that's that's another unique perspective of yours I like in your posting, um, in your nature, and your philosophy, um, and I'm sure is what many of your followers are responding so well to. Um, so that's that's you know that's what I one of the many things I enjoy about your writing. I'm I'm curious as well. What what's your background in writing? Because you know you hear about your background with. You know, your difficulties that will turn out to be blessings, you know, your recent, um, your recent, you know, adoration for nature, your recent discovery of nature, your return to nature and your lifting journey. Um, how long have you had a writing background? Is this something that you've been doing for a long time? Is this a very recent thing that just started with the blog and your writing style developed from there? What's, what's your background in writing? in school for not finishing my essays <laughs> English was, was always my strong suit <laughs> English was good for me but um, I didn't write at all before maybe it was something in general or when I started recording videos I wrote like scripts but those scripts were basically me speaking into a keyboard and that's all the background I had and everything that you see now I don't think it's perfect at all but Everything that you see now is the result of just writing, writing, writing more. Nothing, no background, nothing special. I just, I just try to uh, say what's on my mind without too much, uh, I guess, just get, trying to get straight to the point. You'll notice when I speak now, it's not that much different than the way I write. And of course, that's just my style. If someone will go in really depth, really using great uh, sentences but I literally just write like I speak and ju and edit some of the wow <laughs> you you were the pure embodiment of your philosophy of iteration <laughs> I, there's also one funny thing about me I write all of my posts in uh, on my phone in the notes app sometimes I use uh, words if there's complex something something complex but yeah, I just sit down with my coffee and write down, write it all down in, on my phone. So yeah, that's that's how much, uh, that basically like, that's how much I invest in it. Not that I don't uh, try to make the best post possible, but I find it just by simply having your phone, just by simply having the smallest, uh, the most, the least expensive tools as possible, you can make do with it. You know, like I know you write in a, on a typewriter. That's not something. Top uh, MacBook and stuff like that. It's just a typewriter, and there's, there's something very simple and beautiful about it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think all the the methods of writing accordingly are are valid. I mean, you you hear a lot about um, some of these more modern news outlets that are just on a website. You'll hear about how 
a lot of the writers came from blogging backgrounds and they will just actually write their posts that they get paid for on these news outlets on their phones. Um, so, you know, it really doesn't matter. You don't need this golden setup every time, you know. And there are times where, you know, I'm away from home, I'm at work, um, you know, for whatever reason, I need to, you know, crank more posts out for Blood and Rain. You know, I don't always get a chance to do them on the typewriter. When I get to do them on the typewriter, I'm in bliss because, you know, there's no screen to look at. There's no blue light. There's more. It's, it's, it's far easier to concentrate. But uh, there are times where I, I crank posts out of my phone just like you on the notes app. So it's just this whole like I need A, B, C and D to start isn't isn't necessarily true, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it can make it even more difficult, like. Uh, when you see a blank uh, screen on your on your computer or when you have all of this equip equipment sometimes it just can get you like oof this is so too much i cannot do this but but sometimes like just open up your phone just write something down it can be very easy to start it, it's not to say that you're going to have an easier time doing that task but just that starting point is much easier you know what they say the hardest thing about going to the gym is get, getting dressed and getting outside because once you're in the gym, it, you just have to lift some weight, you know. But starting the journey, that, that's the difficult part. So I think when starting something new, yeah, just just don't make it difficult for yourself. Not overthink it. Small steps. <laughs> this whole podcast should be named Small Steps. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll be something, uh, it'll be something along those lines, to be honest. <laughs> When I, when I write up a title and write up the post and I sort of like give it a split second to think about, you know, it, it'll, it'll probably have something to do just like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, in, you know, in the United States, we have, and, and this, this is starting to, be, to come into question and this is starting to be rebelled against, but in the United States, this whole notion of like you need a degree for everything, you need to go to a top university to be able to be the top in your field. And I think that makes that makes perfect sense for things like law, medicine, um, some variations of engineering. You know, but definitely not computer. Not definitely not computer engineering. So yeah, yeah. E- even with even with English, you know, you get these people who go and do these four year degrees, and you know they're so focused on getting the piece of paper at the end that they may have even glossed over the process. And then they've spent four years of their time and money to get to a point where they might not even have a singular job prospect after as a return. And their writing process may not have even improved. Now, I'm not saying this is the general case, but I have met people who have gone through, you know, such a such a circumstance in terms of needing this grand setup. And then, you know, at the end of it, it really didn't serve them that well. And they could have gotten much further, you know, from the get go with small steps um so yeah yeah that, that, that's definitely something i noticed here as well that you spend so much time in education that that when you're out of it it's very difficult to adapt to the, those this level of uh, work because you're just used to learning and practicing it not actually doing it so i i look at colleges and universities as an investment an investment of your time and money into something that you want to become and I actually dropped out of my university here because that's not something that I want to invest my time and energy in, you know. I want to invest my time in something that actually will benefit me, other people. So, yeah, 
But I'm not encouraging anyone to drop out just because I said it. <laughs> I, I, it's very, yeah, it's very important to realize: is it something that you want to do, or and is it something that that will bring not maybe happiness in your life, but something that will fill you up, you know, with that feeling. But of course, it's not always necessary to work what you love, what you what you enjoy, because as you move, as we move, as as we are in constant state of like trying new things, that's when you actually discover what you like. That's when you discover what is it that you don't like, and you find that you're one step closer to finding your true, I guess, profession, your true purpose, because it's necessary to get into like uncomfortable areas in your life. Not maybe, not maybe. Yeah, I'm going to take a cold shower, and now I'm uncomfortable. No, but trying things that you actually don't like, like working a job that you never thought you would even consider. But now you met some people, you met, you got some friends. They they introduced you to someone different, and now you're you're have this whole new community. You have this whole new experiences that will benefit you in anything else that you'll do in your life. Yeah, I mean. I, I think with speaking on college like an investment, like you're saying, we're not saying any of this to, we're not saying any of this to sort of rip on college. And for those of you listening who may be in a college experience that for the moment they're not enjoying, but, you know, for those of you who are, it's very clear, this is what you want to do, and this is the path to getting there. And let's say you're not even putting money towards it. Let's say you have a scholarship. Let's say you're in a very good situation. By all means, finish. You know, keep going. You know, this isn't this isn't meant to be anti-college. This is meant to be pro. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, pro the other paths. You know, and you're educating yourself every single day. And I would encourage both the people who aren't going to college and the people who are going to be getting out of college to continue to educate yourself every single day. You know, if you want to learn about something, yeah. learn about it. You know, there's plenty of resources with the internet, local libraries, whatnot. People around you, people on the internet. There's, there's so many different resources if you just take the, you know, five minutes to think about it. There's so many resources to educate yourself on the things you want to learn more about. Um, leaving college doesn't mean that you stop educating yourself. But unfortunately, the misuse of college, as we've said before, can lead to that. You know, ten years after college, they haven't learned anything new. That's, oof. You might as well yeah, be, you yeah. know, dead man walking, honestly. Yeah, and sometimes going into college and doing other things is it's even better because when you have a routine, when you are, you have some uh, something that you need to do in your life, it's much easier to just add something in it or add something new on it because if you're just staying at home with no, with not so many responsibilities, it's very easy to just stay at the same spot but when you're going to college when you're doing so, when you're working it's very it's easier to add a new habit of course the time you'll have less time but it's also i think very very helpful to have something in your life that's always going always going you can just add in some extra spice i guess you know <laughs> i like that extra spice yeah i mean yeah like okay Okay, you just. Uh, I think it's it's better. For example, side hustles, stuff like that. It's better to do it 
when you are working already something because you'll have much better I guess you'll start from much better point of course everyone would like to start from home from doing all the stuff but I believe when you're moving it gives you better perspective and you will you will uh, cherish that time that you have more you will do more work because when you have your whole day to spend working most most people not everyone but most people will actually procrastinate and not be grateful for the opportunity that they have no no and exactly. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't start nature chat for example if i didn't work if i didn't work as a waiter because i would probably just stay at home or or i don't know do something like that yeah i mean this is it's these smaller decisions that they seem indirect towards a path or they i wouldn't even say indirect they seem like a path to nowhere but they wind up be leading they wind up being used or manipulated or they give insight in, into starting an actual desired path from from origins that would many would consider undesirable like i mean i've I've waited tables briefly before I became a bartender, and I said, I'm not waiting tables anymore, I'm only behind the bar, that's plain and simple. But, you know, that's, I've worked retail, you know, when I was 18 years old and just got out of high school, these were not desirable experiences, but I learned a lot, and I met, I met people who wound up helping my journey along the way, so, it's not always going to be dressed in a pretty box for you, you know? Um... So we had a number of questions that came in for a QA and a uh, that we do pretty much every single episode. Um, I'll let you answer first as you're the guest, and I'll throw, you know, throw on any additional information at the end. Um, the, the first one is obviously a very Chad question. Uh, what is your favorite workout and why? My favorite workout? Well... For me, it's something to do with strength. Basically, if I'm lifting something over my head or having to push myself to the max, that's what I love to do. Maybe, maybe stuff like overhead press, uh, rows. I, I love rows for some reason. I just love pulling stuff. <laughs> but yeah, just basically, uh, where, where my whole body is trying to get something up. That that's what I enjoy. That's the, the whole mindset behind. Um, hyping yourself up like feeling the feeling your body shaking that, that, that's what I love that's the way workouts are, uh, the, the way I like to work out I like cardio but not as much because uh, I'm not good at it <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah Lift, lifting regular lifting uh, maybe lower rep ranges that's, that's what I enjoy yeah I mean in terms of in terms of my favorite workouts, uh, I like obviously I like sparring um, because I'm testing my uh, my Muay Thai against you know experienced Muay Thai fighters. So I'm always I like sharpening the skill set through through testing. Um, so I love sparring. I love bag work. I love sprints, especially hill sprints, which is why I did a whole post on hill sprints. Um, and, and, yeah. <laughs> um, in in terms of you know, in in terms of weights, because I'm sure a lot of the time when people ask this question, they're talking about weights. Um, I really like carries. You know, I like farmers walks. I like overhead carries. I like back carries. Like that's 
that gives me, like you said, the sort of like this this higher test, this this higher mental test of having to hype yourself up for something. You know, it's yeah, um, that, that's that's great. I, I used to do bear hug walks like that. That's good. yeah, bear hugs for me, for example. I love doing them. Your whole upper upper back is burning, your legs shaking. I also enjoy doing that those types of workouts because it tests your endurance, but not in a way that you're like breathing heavy, that you're that everything is. You know that uh, high, hard, hard weight. But rather, your whole body needs to be working in order to to done the, to do the exercise. Yeah, if it's I love bear hugs as well. Like the, you, especially yeah, if you're doing like um, those really big either atlas stones or like the the more like made of plastic, they're like sandballs. Um, yeah, it's like it can be used for endurance. It can be used for hypertrophy. It burns like hell. Uh, it, it fosters mental toughness, um, you know, all around. I don't, and honestly, the the greatest carryover. If any, if anyone listening is doing a sport, whether it's a combat sport or a team sport, um, the greatest movements and strength that have the best carryover are actually carries. Um, so a lot of people like to go to like the bench press first, and that's not always necessarily the most transferable um, exercise. So, tidbit there for all you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because it's because the it's locked movement. You have a moving pattern, and it's building that pattern basically. Absolutely, you're wor- you're working in the transversal plane, and you're working in movements that are going to be much closer to your sport, right? Like like you said, rather than a locked a locked plane of motion. Hmm. I saw a lot of uh, combat sports athletes doing landmine presses, for example, and stuff stuff like that. that basically simulates the punch, simulates those kind of uh, moments. Absolutely. I mean, at the, of, at the end of most of my strength workouts, I have landmine presses. Um, mm-hmm. it's, so what a lot of people don't notice as well from combat sports, again, I can't fully speak on jiu-jitsu. I know there are a lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners that listen to this podcast. Um, and there's a lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners uh, within our sphere. I've only done two jiu-jitsu classes. I'm purely a striker. Um, but what I've noticed in Muay Thai striking, like really the, the best center of gravity, the most, the most central center of gravity for Muay Thai is around the lower core and lower, lower back. So when you throw a kick, and whether it be a front kick or a round kick, and you retract it back to, you retract your leg back to the position of your stance, the anchor is at the lower back. So when you develop, yeah, yeah it's the same the same thing for punching as well. Like of course everything comes from the floor and everything comes from the legs. So like when you're punching, you need to you need to use the most of your lower body as you can. But the connection of your lower body uh, to your upper body where you're punching is the core, but more specifically the lower back. Um, as the lower back is part of the core. So you're going to see that control in terms of posture in lining up the best, uh, in lining up punches with clean form for volume. So when you have exercises like the carry, like the landmine press, where you're strengthening your lower back uh, through resistance and also through movement, obviously that's going to have a direct carryover to, uh, towards your combat sport. Um, I can see that, I can certainly see that in wrestling. You'll see wrestlers do, like, the bear hug carries, like you're saying, um, ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I would, I would imagine that it applies to jiu-jitsu. I'm sort of trying to think of the movement patterns of jiu-jitsu right now. But if you're, if you're having any form of takedown in jiu-jitsu, it's going to be a, to your benefit. Um, the next question was, what great man outside of your family has inspired you most? I don't have, for example, some historical figures that maybe inspired me, but uh, when I started my journey, there was there were a few guys, Elliot Hoss being one of them. He was a great role model for me starting up. Um, who else? Um, honestly, my brother, I know the question said outside of your family, I think, but my brother helped me a lot by just throwing some ideas out there, lift, uh, maybe uh, look at what's bothering you in your life, and not not like give give me directions, but just look at uh, just bringing bringing me to the right direction. And yeah, I didn't really have some role models, but but uh, I'd say Elliot Hulse was one of the, those people that really helped me in the beginning. Yeah, and Elliot Hulse has become. You know, both both a controversial figure, but a in, but controversial yeah. in all in all the best ways because he's saying all the things, even when, for someone you know who you would think has gotten to a certain point where he's at, he wouldn't want to compromise that by being controversial. But no, he's he's become he was he he started this this road of content with strength, obviously strength and hypertrophy and coaching and whatnot. But now he's getting into manhood and be and manhood being under attack. Yeah, um, red red pill content as well. Yeah, it's really it's really great, honestly. Yeah, one one of the things I also wanted to ask you as well, you know, as a side note, as a tangent, um, you know, so someone said to me when I was living in England, it's like, you know, one thing that you don't understand is every other country in the world has their culture and American culture. You just have American culture, and I thought about that for a long time. <laughs> um, and he says, like, let's, he's like, don't, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but it's just, you know, media started in America. And I said, no, that's, that's true. Um, so obviously American content creators and all the American listeners are wholeheartedly aware of the state of man in America. But what's, what's the state of man uh, out there in the Balkans in Croatia right now? How would you, how would you diagnose it? I'd say that. It is better, but the problems are hidden. No one speaks about them. Mm. So the same thing is happening that women are being more dominant in relationships, that uh, men are just running around looking for <laughs> looking for other sex and looking for, for uh, basically trying to be nice in order to get something from women. But the, the same thing, but it's just not speaking about and People like to pretend they're alphas, like, uh, look at my girl, but she is the one who is in charge. So <laughs> it is kind of the same, but yeah, we don't, we, it's not really spoken about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, that's, that's also how it started in this country as well. Like, no one is really talking about it, and people started talking about it, you know, much later than they should have. Um, and speaking on, you know, <laughs> like you said, Men just going out there just looking for the next sex, the next sex. Um, I mentioned this in podcasts before, and I might have mentioned this in posts, but um, I went four years of my life completely celibate 
most of most of that nofab as well and if it wasn't for uh, my current fiance i probably would have just kept going like that because i was very productive <laughs> um, and one of the things that i noticed especially being a bartender is i see men who i work with who are strong in many ways they're great combat sport they're, they're proficient at combat sports they're physically strong they're mentally strong they're eloquent they're insightful this, this, this bar in particular was, was a pleasure to work at for that reason. But it's like, regardless, it's almost like this, this lizard brain mentality. It's like, oh, the next sex, the next sex, the next sex, the next sex. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it, you and I have had several conversations about going, going long periods of time without things that we supposedly need. Um, and in my mind, that the way I was viewing it from where I was at, I just said that constant need for sex and like constantly feeding that and constantly having to give it in, that, that strikes me as weak. Yes, I, I totally agree. It's, it's almost uh, a junkie. I like to look at it, yeah, yeah, go on. Oh no, go, go ahead. It's, yeah, I was just saying it's, it's, like, it's almost like a junkie mentality, you know. Yes, yes, and I think that we over glorify. We make this whole big thing about it and about many bad habits. For example, when, well, advice for an OFAP would be to actually stop caring about it so much. Stop giving it so much power and just live your life, you know? Because if you're constantly thinking about it, yeah, I, I don't have to fap, or if you're thinking about sex, yeah, I have to have sex, I have to have, have women. You're actually creating this mental image, this uh, illusion that you need it. But when you step, when you step down, you just think for a moment. Wait, is this just a simple feeling that I can resist. That's it. We make it so much difficult for ourselves, so much difficult because we think we need something. We think we are addicts for everything. But in in reality, it's just simply like, hmm, so there's this craving, I won't react to it. I just move on to the next thing. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was the same for me with cigarettes, with weed, with stuff like that. When I realized that it's not such a big deal we make it a big deal, you know? Oh, I have to smoke, I have to do this. You know, of course there's that craving, there's that feeling, but you can resist it. And it's not even resistance, it's just on moving to the next thing and not letting that thought go through your head constantly, 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 you know? Yeah, it's, you, you, you mentioned this both in your podcast and other posts, like don't, don't make your endeavor or your overcoming your potential addiction harder than it has to be, or don't make the task you have in front of you harder than it has to be by guy constantly complaining like, oh God, I have to do this. Oh, and I have to do this. No, oh, and I can't believe I have to do this. And this is terrible. Why would I have to do this? It's like, well, yeah, man, you know, you would be over with by now if you would stop talking, you know? <laughs> um... And that's obviously there's there's an element there's a cornerstone of stoicism in this community that goes back to that Marcus Aurelius proverb of if it's endurable then endure it stop complaining. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's 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 no reason to complain. I I worked a friend of mine um, who hadn't done anything in the gym seriously asked if he could work out with me. And I said, well, you're going to need to work out with me. So obviously I'm going to adjust the weights that you're going to be doing accordingly, but you're going to be doing essentially my regimen. So I don't want to hear too much complaining. And he says, okay, okay, okay. Just, just complaining every single workout. Just, just, just every single, like, I don't want to do that movement. I'm like, have I ever cared which movements you do and don't want to do? Yeah. 
and he would complain left and right, but then he gained, uh, he gained 18 pounds, um, almost entirely of muscle because he measured his body fat percentage and it barely went up. And all, all his lifts went up. And I was like, oh, are you going to stop complaining now? He's like, no, complaining gets me through the workout. I'm like, you are backwards. It's like, can you imagine where you could be if you didn't complain? And he says, no, that's a good enough for me. And I'm yeah. like, uh, one of these days you're going to approach something that you actually care about. And you're going to realize your, your complaining is the end of you. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's a story for another day. Um, in terms of a uh, great man who inspired me in my life growing up, um, you know, growing up, I looked up to a lot of um, generals like Hannibal Barca, um, Karl von Clausewitz, uh, great, great warriors in mythology like Achilles, um, and then in my sort of punk teenage years, uh, when I was getting in lots of fights and getting in a lot of trouble, <clears throat> my uh, my heroes were actually more musicians uh, like Henry Rollins and. Or actually, not Henry Rollins at this point. That came later. But uh, Kurt Cobain and Trent Reznor. Uh, and then eventually writing heroes like Henry David Thoreau uh, and Leo Tolstoy. But really, the the people who I draw most from now, I learned about more so in my 20s, more recently. So a lot a lot of these people like Elliot Holtz, like you're talking about, these sort of more practical people, I think it would be beneficial. I hope that this generation of high schoolers is seeing people like this and hearing knowledge like yours and hearing experiences like yours much earlier, you know, rather than the 20s. So imagine what the world would be if they started hearing this in their teenage or even pre-teenage years, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's one of the advantages I had actually growing up, that I have, I have brothers who've gone through this similar experiences and um, they, and basically they can give me some insight and I can learn from them. That's a big thing that it's not talked about enough but learning from others not experiencing everything on your own skin because if you if you approach it from the right mindset you can learn so many things without like struggling so much you can avoid like you like you spoke we can avoid so many unnecessary problems by just learning something earlier for example like you said listening to people learning from them from younger ages It'll save you so much time. It'll save you so much energy, and you might never make some mistakes. For example, uh, for red pill awareness, I was lucky enough to actually learn about red pill when I was 17, and and now I'm I'm in a relationship for four years. It's very be beautiful, and I would I probably would screw it up if uh, if I didn't learn from from it from the young age. What? Well, that's a blessing. I'm in my early 20s, by the way. I, I never said this. I'm in my early 20s, so everyone can. I see. Okay. So, yeah, I'm 25. You and I are not too far apart in age. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, so me personally, I'm an only child. I have no siblings. Uh, and I didn't grow up around cousins or anything like that. So, coming from the other end, I actually, I didn't, you know, I didn't have immediate brothers. I had... <sighs> You know, in, in high school, I had my brothers from Boy Scouts and, you know, a couple other people I knew from track and field, but I experienced most of, most of my experiences in solitude. Um, 
so on the flip side of things, I think, and again, this is sort of like circling. See, I can't say circle back without thinking about the meme anymore. But to circle back to what we were saying about, to circle back what we were saying about, you know, college and not college, you know, there, there being two validly, two valid paths of, of attending college and not attending college. Yeah, um, exactly if, that. If, you know, for, for you only children out there, you know, you'll build strength from only being able to rely on yourself in a lot of instances. Of course, you have your parents, of course, you have your friends, but not having siblings like that, there's, there's great benefit to having, you know, siblings, you know, both older and younger, if you're the oldest, you know, you having that responsibility of being the oldest sibling and having to look after and teach your younger siblings. Um, and then the middle child sort of being the glue and the middle child actually having the, the greatest amount of patience and the greatest amount of endurance. Um, and then the younger children getting to sort of soak in all the knowledge. And then the only children um, not, ha- not having really much to go off of, so having to really press on your own and become a self-starter. Um, yeah, and there's a beautiful thing about this uh, talk, because we have two different perspectives and two different uh, circumstances growing up, so it's great for anyone listening, I'd, I'd say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you don't need to be, guys, you don't need to be fantasizing about the grass being greener and being, you know, someone with brothers or someone with sisters or vice versa, being an only child. My life would be so much easier if I didn't have my sibling. You know, that's, I could tell you, I could tell you that last part is the complete utter nonsense. Um, uh, next question was, uh, how do you incorporate flexibility in your regimen? This has actually been, been a, a question I've been getting quite a bit. Um, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's occurred again. So what is, what is your flexibility regimen look like? Well, I actually like to stretch a lot. I, I do maybe two or three times a day. In the morning when I wake up, uh, I like to do it. Like as soon as I get out of the bed, I have some routine that goes through lower body stretches, upper body stretches. And then after working out, I have, I stretch as well. I think it's important. And before, before bed. I do it because uh, I had few injuries before I had surgery on my knee. I, my shoulder is a bit messed up, and I found that doing some stretches, especially for neck and for hip flexors, is really great. It's really great because we are sitting all the time, our posture is messed up, and having those like those the moments where you can really work on that tight muscle, it it can really, I'd say not just improve your performance but even improve your quality of life you feel lighter you feel more fluid but i'm not a big fan of long long sessions of stretching i like to maybe do it more of dynamic style you know move into stretches constantly pulse pulsing because that's that's how i feel the most strongest i guess like i sometimes feel weaker when i stretch for too long but yeah i do like pike like a pike position uh, yoga poses, basically yoga poses mostly. So yeah, it's not so much for maybe um, for injury prevention, but I, I just feel better and and if I can if I can stretch my hamstrings, if I can stretch stretch my calves, then I'll be able to squat deeper. So I think that's a useful thing, and I think everyone should have some kind of stretching routine at least once a day. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I think I think you're right in terms of advocating more from 
advocating more for the sort of like inserts, advocating like a little bit here, a little bit there throughout the day. It's going to be quite a bit easier and it's going to seem less daunting. I mean, uh, when I was in drama school, I got, I mentioned this before when I was um, doing a podcast at the Evil, Cat, Evil Academy, um, that I got close to the full splits in drama school because they made us stretch a little bit like three or four times a day. Um, I didn't get great kicks from stretching in Muay Thai. In fact, I sort of didn't stretch very much in Muay Thai, to be abundantly honest. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think if you also on the flip side of things, if you could take up yoga, if you could actually like, get into yoga, like have these hour long practices of this dynamic form of stretching, um, I think that's obviously going to be of one's benefit, like building that passion for it. Building a passion is going to be much easier to do it every day. Um, yeah. but in terms of, like you said, regular dynamic stretching, I'm actually doing a, a four week, um, sp- full splits and full pike progression. Apparently it gets people there in four weeks. I mean, so far I'm seeing amazing results, but obviously nice. I'm nice. not going to know until I get there. So, um, I'll probably do a post about that, but yeah, I do it after weight training. I do it after heavy bag work. Uh, and I try, I try, I don't always succeed. Um, and this, when I don't succeed, I, I, I mark myself as a failure from my morning or closing routines, um, to, stretch before and when i when i wake up in the morning and uh like you said before going to bed yeah what do you think about uh breathing in stretching how important it is because i noticed for myself when i so breathe i breathe deeply and then totally exhale while going into the stretch and it helps you actually get deeper into the stretch not a lot of people know this, but you can actually use your breath to manipulate how how deep you can go this is this is what I discovered in the Wim Hof method. Basically, you you fill yourself up with oxygen, and then for some reason you can actually go really deeper into stretches. What what's your experience with that? Um, yeah, you hit the nail on the head actually, and that's something that I have not mentioned. I should have mentioned uh, previously. So when I was in drama school, um, one of the movement teachers, very di- very disciplinarian type of personality, because she came from a ballet background. Um, before movement class. We would have to do like qi gong, um, like it's like a it's it's in the similar family as tai chi, um, but before even that we would have, you know, dynamic and static stretching. And for all of it, she says, if I don't hear you breathing, you're not stretching. Like if 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 you're not breathing, you're not doing anything to stretch the muscles. Um, to echo this, Pavel Tsatsulin, he said that if you're just stretching and sort of like ah, like giving it tension, you're actually going to make the tension in your muscles worse, your long-term tension in your muscles worse. So there really isn't stretching without proper breathing. Your muscles need the breath in order to get them where you want them to go. So you, 1,000%, you hit the nail on the head. Breathing and stretching, not only is going to improve it, but it's actually going to help. It's, it's part of the act. It's inseparable. Yeah. Uh, so next question, um, I always, you know, this, this has become somewhat of a Joe Rogan meme. You know, like when, when you see someone on uh, Joe Rogan, uh, he, especially if they're like an athlete, like the, the woman, Courtney Dolwalter, who completed the, um, she completed the Moab race, which is a, a 248 mile race, I believe. Um, and she completed it in first place 10 hours before second place. So her, people like her and these other athletes, he always jumps and like, so what's your diet like? What's your diet like? Um <laughs> Obviously, there there's sort of gurus of, of nutrition within our sphere. Like, obviously, the two most notable ones are Solbra and Flow Modus. They've sort of released the most literature. And then Forrest Munden, um, 
when he comes on the podcast, I'm going to ask him about his uh, his more veggie-based diet because he seems to be having success. Yeah. Um, and he seems to be, out of all of us, the only one doing that. So I'm very curious. But what what are the standards for your personal diet? And how how, how has your iterative personality gotten you there? <laughs> so for, for me, I actually i am very fluid with my diet. I try to listen to my body. I cannot describe it better, but literally just how I feel and I, I also go with, through some periods where I, where I don't eat meat at all, for example. I eat just a lot of veggies, uh, but eggs are eggs are a staple in my diet. Uh, there's always some eggs. And the, the main thing is avoiding the junk and what you eat. That doesn't really, if it's clean, if it's from good source, it doesn't really matter if you're vegan, if you're whatever. Just don't eat junk. That's the main principle in my diet. Avoiding junk food, of course, I'm not an extremist. Uh, sometimes I'll have a croissant, so sometimes I'll have something like that, but most of the time just avoiding processed foods, avoiding uh, oils like canola oil, like slow seed oils, um, sticking to complex uh, carbs uh, or and even like fruits. Uh, for veggies, I don't really have a choice. I Maybe some spinach, stuff like that, but basically eating good clean foods, nothing too special. Of course, liver. Liver is one of the best things you can eat, honestly, because of how nutrient-dense it is. It's not just so simple protein. It's all of these nutrients, minerals. But, yeah, honestly, I don't care if you're a vegan. I don't care if you're on keto. As long as you're not eating junk, as long as it is from nice source, for example, if you are lucky enough to have some farms near you or something like that, you are winning. That's my approach to nutrition. Yeah, I mean, it's that's sort of the, the the trend. I don't I don't even really want to call it a trend because when you when you assign diet to the word trend, that means it, it it's almost assigned to like advertising. Like diet is dictated by, yeah. you know, what's what's the latest food that's being vilified? Like in in America, there's like an immense amount of profit with this. Like, you know, this year carbs are Satan, and this year fat is Satan, um, and this year meat is Satan. And this year, extreme diet is eggs are good, eggs are bad, yeah. Um, and I mean, again, the only the only thing that should be vilified like that is processed and junk food. You know, it's like you said, it's yep. very simple. But the we're, we're what you're seeing a lot of rather is you're seeing more quality over quantity as opposed to not being so obsessed with your macronutrients, not being so obsessed with your calories, but just making sure that you're eating consistently. You're also, like you said, listening to your body. And you're, you know, you're not so wrapped up in saying, I need, you know, a pound of meat. And I only got 0.8 of a pound of meat. And now I'm not yeah, going to be as big. it's a mental thing. I believe it's a mental thing. You can, you don't need X amount of protein. You don't need, you just go by eating, yeah, like you said, consistently good meals. You'll get there. Of course, if you're trying to cut down, you lower it. Or maybe your rice, maybe stuff like trying to bulk you, increase it. That's about it. There's no need to complicate it. Like, I'm on a cut now, and for the first week, I did weigh stuff just so I know where I am, where I'm at. And now I just go with, like, with intuition. Okay, I know how much this is. I know that it will feel good, and I go with it. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think measurement is amazing for if you're, if you're trying to be a competitive bodybuilder. Like measure, like me- measure everything. Um, for all you combat sports athletes out there, you're gonna have to measure everything for when you're doing your weight cuts, 
Um, I, I, for, for the most part, 80% of the time I measure everything. Um, this, California uh, has the most closure in the United States right now, so I actually don't have access to my gyms right now, and I don't have access to a lot of my income right now, which is frustrating. Um, so I'm sort of, I'm, I'm dealing with less. So and when I'm dealing with less, like right when the quarantine started, I did start to experiment with my diet a bit. You know, it's like, all right, well, now I have an opportunity to experiment. Cool. So I did a month of carnivore. Um, I found that my energy levels with carnivore, and for those of you who don't know, it's, it's, it's purely, it's, you know, it's purely meat products. So you can eat meat, you can eat eggs, um, because you're limited to such a small sphere of food, you know, you typically want to get fattier cuts of meat as opposed to lean meats. Um, and so I, what I found was my energy levels were very stable throughout the day. Uh, my mood was very stable throughout the day, but when it came to really explosive things like sprinting, um, I just didn't have anything in me really. So I needed, I needed this spark from carbohydrates. Um, so I'll, I'll experiment like that. And right now I'm also experimenting just, just for that reason again. Um, so I took a look at, you know, Solbra's cookbook. I took a look at Flo Modis's, um, nutrition book. By the way, Flo Modis is giving away his nutrition book for practically nothing, guys. So go check that out on his Instagram. Um, but yeah, I'm experimenting with, you know, eating more fermented foods, eating just not worrying about as many calories and just worrying about getting quality foods. Like you said, liver, um, you know, sourdough bread, good grass fed meat. The best quality eggs possible, um, good seafood. I would I would imagine your diet being so close involves a lot of seafood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have fish every week, not every day because it is expensive in here. But yeah, yeah, I, I try to have some fish food, definitely seafood. That's and also, uh, like yeah, you said the food. So I didn't touch on that. I believe that if you're eating fermented food, that your whole body will be healthier because God's health is really underrated really underrated there are many problems that we can have uh, which one was it but but yeah I, I believe God's health is really important I even think that intuition has something to do with it so I eat a lot of kefir kefir how do you say it in English I know uh, the sauerkraut all these things I believe they are very important to add because in this day and age, we don't have so many, so much, so many good bacteria. You know, we don't have so many good sources of that because everything is clean, everything is uh, processed already. So, for example, vitamin B12, it's made by bacteria, <laughs> and it's basically washed away with with uh, the food that we are feeding cows and stuff like that. So we, that's why we don't have vitamin B12 in our bodies or in our diets already. And that's why. But that, that, that's why there is, like, sort of, there is a realm of supplementation that does make sense. Like, there's certain yeah. things that we're not getting enough of. Um, and I, I touched upon this in the podcast with Gallantry Fuel. I, I, and I'm still needing to research this more. But I've seen that because we introduce so many things like pesticides and, you know, other strange chemicals that are sort of invading our natural environment, that we're not getting enough nutrients um, in our bodies, and that's why the realm of supplementation is actually becoming more and more, um, yeah, more and more. Yeah, uh, I definitely valuable. agree with that. 
And not only that, you get to do for the best size, but also by the quality of seed. I think that this mass-produced GMO stuff, I think it's honestly just lower in nutrients. So, so yeah, then I believe that supplementing some things are essential, like depending on where you're from. Vitamin D, D3. I believe if you're not getting enough sun, it's you really you're really creating trouble for yourself because it evolves in mental in mental processes, testosterone, like all kinds of things for health, for bone health. Vitamin D is very important. Not don't go overboard with it, but just if you are not having enough sun, that's the main thing. If you're not having enough sun, take some vitamin D. For example, here in Croatia, it's pretty cloudy these past few weeks and. I decided to to just take some more vitamin D. That's it. That's how I regulate it. Different things, for example, there's zinc. You can take it, but if you're eating red meat, I think you'll be fine. Omega trees, three. If you're um, don't eat enough fish food, if you don't eat not fish food, <laughs> if you don't <laughs> eat, eat enough seafood. <laughs> um, what else? Stuff like that. Basically, you're looking at what's missing, not just, ah, this guy said take this, I'll, t- I'll start in it. No, you look at what's missing out of your diet, and you adapt to it. That's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, that 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 mode of adaptation, like, the sticking to the plan for those of you who need to measure things, like, and I, I will most likely go back to measuring things when everything opens back up. Um, just because the amount of physical activity that I have to do to, you know, get myself to being a professional fighter, um, so me- measuring is going to be imperative, but I- I'd say for most of you, focus on quality versus quantity first, because with that quality, you're actually going to be getting more micronutrients, like you said, like, um, with liver, um, you know, with raw milk, things like that. But I think my, 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 my diet personally, even when I start measuring is actually going to look a little more what it's like now, uh, with what I've learned from, you know, other content creators like yourself. Um, so uh, there's a lot of fermented foods now there's a lot of raw milk now there's more raw dairy in general now and i'm focusing i'm spending more money but so be it on making sure that i'm getting higher quality yeah. eggs and grass-fed meat and it's making the it's making a world of difference honestly for sure also for counting i say like don't just follow the trends now that we say i say don't count but basically i'd, I'd say yeah don't worry start counting for, if you don't know anything about food about calories stuff like that but don't do it for long period of time where you'll become obsessed with it or oh, this has this many pounds it's no just so you know roughly okay this is what I'm putting into my body and of course like you said uh, quality over quantity yeah yeah and it's it's, it, it's I think it's important too for those of you who travel um, in fact <laughs> it's actually perfectly segues into our last question but um, for those of you who travel I think knowing <clears throat> knowing how to measure these things is going to be important um, if you're not eating out, if you're not eating at, or the, the problem, eating at, eating at restaurants, and I go back and forth on this, like eating at restaurants in America sometimes can be like, yeah, the food tastes amazing because they're putting everything possible for it to taste amazing. And it might, you yeah, know, a lot of butter. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it might, it might give you diabetes or a heart attack, but Hey, it's going to taste good. Um, yeah. but I mean, when I visited, you know, when I visited my family in Spain, you, know, you notice like the, the meals, they're not like these super quote-unquote lean cuisine type silliness, but they're also not going full hog on flavor. Either they're using such quality ingredients that they don't need to put a, a bunch of things 
um, into food. So be sort of be, be a bit more astute when you go what you order at a restaurant when traveling, and then um, in terms of you know in terms of like when you're not eating out, just get, get somewhat of a good idea of when you're going to a local supermarket, being able to read what's good for you, what's not. Um, but again, if you if you're able to cook when you're traveling, then you know you sh- it should be pretty easy for you to figure out. Um, and speaking of which, the last question was, actually, sorry, the second, the second to last question was, uh, it's two parts. Uh, what cultures have impacted you most outside of your own? And do you have any travel plans, both in terms of uh, just traveling around, traveling around to learn and sightsee? And do you have any plans to potentially live somewhere other than uh, your home? I'd say American culture because when you're in different countries, America is of course the biggest one, the English-speaking one. And if you're online, then again, it's American culture. But um, I don't know. I never paid too much attention to it. I never looked at, it, at cultures and said, "Yeah, I took this away from it." But for, as for traveling, I, I would love to travel more, of course, when possible. Go everywhere I can to actually experience different cultures not just uh, look at them online you know maybe then I'll be, able, I'll be able to look at them and say yes this is great I'll take something away from it but yeah maybe I would probably for some period of time move out from here just because it is a small town there's not so many possibilities but I definitely return here again because it is my home there's beautiful nature, obviously the coast, and the food. The food is all right. It is <laughs> definitely up, up there. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I would like to move out for some time, experience different things, maybe work something, work on something else. Because, of course, I, I don't know. I, I believe that we should put ourselves in difficult situations, but for reasons that will just elevate your purpose, you know, just, that will just assist your purpose. Because, for example, like I, like I said, I'm now in my early 20s, and the biggest, like one of the biggest things that I said was dealing with depression, dealing with all these kinds of things and overcoming. But after some time, is that all this, is it, that, that there is to me? Or will I just try to improve, just try to get even, get myself into difficult situations where I will have to overcome them? You know, so I probably go and work some somewhere else and also do uh, this uh, nature chat stuff and so on. Because I want to grow, not just to improve, improve, improve but just but to improve my perspective in life, to become stronger, so I can share this with other people. So yeah, that's another reason why would I like to travel. Do you have any ideas of where you go off the top of your head? Is anything? Have any other places sort uh, of piqued your interest already? Well, I definitely. I was. I went to Greece. I went to. I went to Netherlands. Probably, I'd like to go maybe to some Central Europe, Spain. And I went to Italy as well. Probably Spain, UK, stuff like that. Got it. So basically, head over to the western side of Europe. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's. Me, I'm the opposite. I would, well, to answer the first part of the question, uh, what cultures have had the biggest impact outside of my own? And, I mean, 
me growing up with American culture is sort of like me saying I grew up with water. You know, it's 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 it's. I, I don't even think of it as American culture because I just live here and you know. American culture is a tricky thing to nail down because there's what's become American and then there's what's been American and unless you're really Native American, you know, you get what I'm saying? It's like you really, you really hold your ancestral cultures with you. Um, So, and I grew up, you know, the first, you know, I grew up with uh, a much more European background, both my parents being, uh, my, my, my father's Canarian Spanish, uh, Basque, my mother's French Basque, um, Sicilian, Piedmontese in Italy. Um, so I grew up with a bit of a different perspective than, you know, a lot of American kids I grew up with. Um, but in terms of cultures outside my ethnic background that influenced me most, I'd probably say Japanese and Russian culture. Um, just the Japanese from the, the simplicity and discipline and insight and honor. Um, they have a rich history. It's very unique history, uh, especially due to them being an island nation. Um, that's why they're their own sphere of language, not just their own language. Um, and I grew up with a lot of Japanese kids um, growing up. Uh, when I was, from when I was four years old through high school. So I grew up with the culture. It's a culture. I admire very much, and then um, Russian culture, um, that was a bit strange how that started, I started having dreams of Siberia when I was 10 years old, and dreams of Russia when I was 10 years old, and I'd tell my mother about that, she, I, I mentioned this on um, when I was on Evil, on the Evil cast, um, but my mother didn't really know what to do with that, uh, to be honest, um, and uh, I started going to a, a Russian Orthodox church after a while, and reading Russian literature, so those those cultures uh, have had the most impact on me in terms of uh, in terms of traveling. I still have a long list of places I want to travel. I mean, I've lived in England, um, and then I lived the only other place I've lived outside of um, the United States West Coast was in New York City. Um, but in terms of living um, with my current situation, it's it's very geared on my goals in martial arts. But uh, I would definitely like to visit and spend time training in Japan, spend time training in Holland, um, potentially Australia, New Zealand, um, and I want to see much of Eastern Europe. Um, Eastern European culture actually fascinates me more than Western European culture as a general rule, just because in the past hundred years, Eastern Europe has gone through more hardship than Western European, than Western Europe has. And there's an element of toughness there, and you know, every every person from some form of like a Slavic background I've come into contact with, I've learned so much from, and I've greatly enjoyed the company. So I would uh, would like to head to you know to the Balkans, to Croatia, to Serbia, to um, to Russia, to Ukraine, to Belarus, uh, to all of these places. Um, and then the last question was. And you and I have had multiple discussions on this uh, in DM sort of brainstorming and postulating. Um, what's your writing process look like? And how do you foresee that evolving? Are there any new methods you're thinking of trying to help improve your writing skills? Well, um, me, I like to write down ideas as soon as they come to me. 
So ideas are something that are unpredictable. Sometimes, of course, you'll get inspired by something, but most of the time, the ideas just hit me, and it's very important to write them down and even make a rough sketch if possible, like a rough draft. I found if I capture that moment, I I find, I find it much easier to write stuff instead of just looking at a blank piece of paper and thinking about it. So I like to capture ideas throughout the day and things like going for walks um, and some people don't disagree but I'd say having a routine like you have a nice cup of coffee, you sit down, you know, write. I think you can actually uh, write something great even though you're not in that creative window because for me, like I said, I have a tons of ideas and then I just create something from them, you know. But yeah, uh, usually in the mornings I write like a draft. It's, it, I literally just write like I speak now. And then later on, when I have to post it like uh, two hours before, I really like to tone, tone in and and uh, make it as much as better as as possible can be. So yeah, I write mostly on my phone, like I said, and uh, yeah. Uh, but in in terms of what can I do to improve it, I'd say just getting more to the point, like using as less words as possible to express my point. I think that's something I can work on and maybe even expand my vocabulary. I'll surely do that as I continue and maybe just making the content more uh, accessible to other people. That's what I did with my latest post. I actually created, I don't know if so, like slides that has some like short uh, insights from the post. I think that will help people also to realize what I want to do with it. So yeah. That's interesting. It's sort of the way so it's two two things there. One, you have a dichotomy in the sense that you have sort of like flow state creative brain. So it's like you have all these ideas coming. So those sort of like the ideas in your head are already sort of like pre-writing your posts. Uh-huh. But then the discipline of having like somewhat of a routine, as you're saying, or but then at the same time you're writing on your computer, you're writing on your phone. Um, it's like you have you have an, you have a great blend of discipline and flow which I think every writer needs, to be honest. Um, yeah. And, you know, this, this, the, the reason why I put this question last to is because there's a number of, there's a number of content creators who are, who haven't even started yet, who are, they've, they've messaged myself, they've messaged you, they've messaged Forrest Munden, they've messaged whoever. And they've asked how to start becoming a content creator. And some of the ones I've seen emerge so far, they've either had, They've had one or or multiple or all of these talents, you know, there have been ones that are cultivating, you know, the really unique aesthetics, they're the ones that are, you know, starting podcasts, they're the ones that are dropping really great practical advice, they're the ones that are, you know, that are, um, that are sharing, you know, more obscure accounts of history and, uh, and stories that could help us along our, our path. And then there, there are ones that are surfacing that are, you know, are very talented writers. And I think there are more talented writers, even currently within the sphere, than a lot of the, a lot of the content creators are giving themselves credit for. 
but I think there are a lot of content creators who haven't even started their pages yet, um, who would benefit from hearing, you know, a, you know, benefit hearing a process yeah. like yours, you know. The beautiful thing about this community is that it's not, there's no like special gurus and stuff like that, you know, like those, like those business people basically that uh, sell you courses and stuff like that. It's just a few guys that are on their own journey and sharing what they learned along the way. And I think it's a beautiful thing because it cre- it uh, removes that state of like, oh, I cannot be like that, that's too far. Because it's more personal, it's more close to everyone listening. So that's what I absolutely love about this community. And and it's a new community, it's not, not something that we've seen before. We are young creators. We are, we are creating this whole movement that everyone can join. <laughs> you just simply join us, join us by, by saying hi. That's it. Working on yourself. Actions. That's it. There's no special, pre- like, requirement for it. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, to make that point. It's like the, maybe some of the people asking these questions are acting like we've been this, been at this for decades. No, like it's. I think maybe the oldest account yeah, like is said, two years, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I just posted a picture of bread. Yeah, that's that's how special I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, 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 you know, it's, it's, there's some people that would say it's taking away from, like, if you're not acting like you're almighty, like you know everything, then you'll lose some attention. But honestly, why would you act like that unless you want to maybe just make some money? You, you need to, I, uh, that's my belief, you need to actually show people that you're a guy who that, who's done that what you talk about and who is open about everything he does. Because then there's no point in talking about it because you'll just create this, I'd say, mental masturbation. You create this, people just liking your post, just uh, not even maybe reading or understanding that and just saying, yes, yes, this is great motivation. But... Those people won't do it. Most of those people won't do it. They will just look at it and go and go their direction. But in this community, I see people actually doing what we talk about. And that's the biggest thing we can do to inspire people to start going their own way, their own path, and do these great things for themselves. And that's what sets this community apart from the other ones. That there's people actually working and doing this stuff. And I don't know, that's just magnificent to me. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, so much of what you said is what is so is so worth unpacking. Even back down to um, the sort of balance of writing process. Um, you know, people. I think I think they're going to be people going into this that are going to have like a purely. I don't want to say purely, but they're going to be on like one side of the gradient or the other, where they're sort of like purely saying like. I'm going to be purely from the flow state and all these thoughts are going to come to be. And then there's some people who are going to, you know, be closer to the side of like, I need to sit down and write and I need to write everything right now. And it's all, it's just, it's, so it's like the, the, it's somewhere, somewhere, each, each potential future creator and current creator listening to this, um, is going to be on one side of the gradient or the other. But I think it's important. You mentioned you, you sort of flow between the two. And I think that's the best thing to do. And as far as your um, yeah. as far as your, your wanting to you know say everything in less words in terms of improvement, um, that that that's, I mean that's a very Hemingway esque 
um, thought to have, and that's certainly one that a lot of writers have. Hemingway always tried to avoid um, adverbs. He's like, use a better adjective. If you need to use an adverb, it means your adjectives aren't strong enough. They're not potent enough. So and there's even there's even a tool online to sort of you, you copy paste your writing for all of you who are listening and you can it'll it'll show you like what you can cut and what you can make more refined um, in a color coded manner in fact um, and I think just in general like you said having a stronger vocabulary is very important because you're gonna this these your words are your tools of expression if you have sharp if you have stronger sharper you know better crafted tools, you know, your work is going to be better crafted. Um, yeah, words are really, the power of words is really underrated, underrated because we literally create things with, with words. We create everything in this world. We say, do this, and we, and someone does it, you know. We, we can, and we can actually use that tool positively or negatively. We can use it to our service or we can use it to our downfall. I mean, this is a long subject, but things from mental chatter to things that we say to other people all of it can impact us and if we use it beautifully if you use, if you use your, oh, if, sorry if we use our words beautifully then we can create re- a real change in the world i'd say and also i i just like to add a few tips i just remember for write, for writing there are a lot of people that message me that would like to start their page not not even uh, this community related but anything most people actually get stuck in that planning process. They create these logos, they create these ideas, these sketches. But I'd say the biggest thing you can do is just start, post your first, uh, publish your first post, publish your first video, publish your first podcast, whatever. And you'll learn along the way. My YouTube video, like, it, it's ridiculously funny. It's, it's so funny now watching it. But it's all part of the process. I, I started... And that's how I learned. I spoke about this in the beginning of Pocket Book. You have to start. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't overthink it. You'll get better at those skills. And also, another th- thing about writing is, or even any content creation, let's say just try to get into the flow state by, for example, if you're writing, start writing random stuff. Literally, you can write about, oh, my day was good, I did this, or when you're recording. You can sing, you can do all these kinds of thing, things just to get comfortable into the flow state. Because once you're there, you won't even have to think too much. The words will just flow. For example, when, when I'm talking with you now, I don't really think. I mean, I'm, I'm in this conversation, I'm flowing. And th- th- I think that feeling is beautiful. And most of us can achieve it, but you just have to get going. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, it's, it's it's that it's that initial catalyst. It's 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 always that initial catalyst that's going to be more powerful. You starting is always going to be more powerful in the planning process. I think there is merits to planning, and I think when you have absolutely, I th- I think when you're you know, when you when you've had that catalyst going, you know, two three weeks in, however, you know, the preliminary time period of you starting, you think if you start, and I I mean, I did a whole podcast on grand strategy for that reason. Mm-hmm. But um, planning's powerful, but I would say even the planning, the long-term planning, the long-term vision isn't even as powerful as the initial catalyst. That's the most important part. If you don't start, the greatest plans in the world are just thoughts um, at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And in terms of, you know, 
going back to vocab real quick, in terms of acquiring vocabulary, in terms of acquiring um, better words, you know, it's it's funny. You wanted to use singular words. It's also like <laughs> we're not counting calories. We're just focusing on quality ingredients. We're focusing on quality words. Um, and Forrest Munden, he was doing a podcast about, I'm, I'm not going to go too far into it because it was a premium podcast and, you know, that's getting away with his money. But basically, to sum up, he wanted everyone not to copy each, each other's voices. They, he wanted unique voices. So that's going to take unique aesthetics. That's going to take unique perspectives. That's going to take unique writing styles. The more you, yep. the more words you, the, the more you fall in love with words, the more words you have at your disposal, the better you'll be able to express yourself and, you know, be a part of this community, like you said, that is, as you mentioned, a very beautiful community. I would have to agree. Yeah. So, for all of you listening, uh, listen to this man. Go follow him on Instagram. It's uh, nature.chad. He has a podcast that started, and uh, what can we be expecting uh, from your podcast in the future? Because I've I very much enjoyed your first episode, and I'm itching to hear the next. Yeah, so the next I have a few episodes planned. Then the next one will be all about self improvement. So a little bit about what I touched here. I will go in depth about negative negative things about. It. I I just have to say it. I mean. Because there, I want, I don't want to misdirect people into just improving, improving, and then getting uh, stuck in this place. I want to go more in depth how to start. I also talk about goals, like setting goals. Because yes, I said, don't think too much about it, just go. But of course, once you start going, you will naturally start to think about future. You will naturally start, naturally start to think what you want to achieve. And there's process of setting goals. There's there's good way and there's a bad way. So that's what you can expect for the next episode, and I'll of course definitely try to improve, improve my speaking skills, my expressions, because I know I'm not perfect, and I know there's a lot of things that I can do better. But yeah, like I said, <laughs> like I, I'm literally doing what I said, like previously. I'm going in, I'm doing my best, and learning as I go, and that's what every single one of us can do. So yeah. So everyone, go check out his podcast as he said he's going to be getting more and more into the details and more and more into the specifics of self-improvement to essentially put his money where where his mouth is he's trying his he wants you to start i want you to start we all want you to start um so go check out his podcast as i said before on instagram he's nature.chad very simple. Nature spelled the normal. Nature spelled the normal way. Chad spelled the normal way, like the name, like the meme, like the country. So until then, folks, until you hear the next podcast, whether it be here or whether it be on Nature Chad, and once again, I do recommend it. Definitely expect that. Definitely expect that. <laughs> <laughs> expect uh, expect more things from this community. We expect more things from all of you listening who haven't started yet we look forward to seeing your aesthetics we look forward to seeing your perspectives we look forward to reading and hearing your words nature chad thank you so much for being here it's been truly an honor it's been truly a pleasure getting to know you better and uh i feel the same way man the pleasure the honor's all mine man and i um the website coming out for blood and rain there's a number of collaborative 
um, writing pieces. So we're gonna have, when we when we get off the podcast right now, we're gonna have to talk about that in the future. But for all you folks, we can't wait to see what you do. We can't wait to see what you write. And until then, good night and good storms. Thank you.